Hello, I'm John, the executive producer here at Final Show Films. I got a few notes for you before the show. First, I want to thank you all for watching. We couldn't do what we do or the amount of things that we do without the support of you, the viewer. If you want to support us financially, which we always appreciate, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com fsfilms, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us continue this and all the things that we do. I want to give a special shout out to our $25 supporters, Antitonic, Cat Waterflame, and Samantha Bates. Uh, second, I want to let you all know that we here at Final Show Films are planning a little get-together up at Gen Con this year. That's August 2nd through 5th up at Indianapolis. We're going to be up there just sort of hanging out, enjoying the con, spending time together. And if any of you guys want to come up and say hi, please feel free. We don't bite unless you want us to. And if you enjoy whatever it is you're about to watch or listen to, be sure to check out our website at finalshowfilms.com where you can find links to all of our other content, both podcast and video. And be sure to follow me at John A. Bates on Twitter for more updates on all of the content we're creating in the future. In the meantime, thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Final Show Films Adventures League Curse of Strahd. I am William and I am your Dungeon Master for this Adventures League campaign. And joining me today we have John. I'm John. I'm playing Maria Perez. I mean, not Maria Perez. Maria Denazul, uh, the human hexblade warlock who is frantically trying to wrangle people off of the West Coast Avengers. <laughs> and Aaron? Hi, I'm Aaron and I am playing Connie Roach. Those who wouldn't be a West Coast Avengers member because she's too sane. Are we sure about that one? <laughs> and Jeff? Hey, I'm Jeff. I'm playing Jonelle, the Elven Sunsoul monk. And Jeremy? Hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm playing Velis, the uh, Scourge Asimar, uh, uh, a grave cleric who would be far too serious for the West Coast Avengers, which is sad because they are the best. He would be the straight man. And Sam. I am Sam. I'm playing Zanine. Um, not exactly sure what she is anymore. Half-Orc Ranger. Half-Orc Ranger. Thank you. All right. And when last we left our adventurers, hesitate to call them heroes yet, um, they had just, uh, journeyed to the Wizard of Wine's winery in search of a cask of wine that would allow them to enter a shipment of wine that would allow them to enter the, um, uh, the village of Kresik to go and visit the shrine of St. Marco, the Abbey of St. Markovia to retrieve, supposedly, their ally against Strahd. Um, but, uh in the process, discovered that it had been taken over by some insane druids who had begun to swarm the area with small men made of twigs and needles and thorns, and eventually, having been swarmed by them and separated, uh, they had a bit of a tough fight, but managed to pull through. And as they regroup on the, on the main platform having yet to completely explore this area and ensure that it is completely safe, that story picks up. Valus, do you have any healing spells? <clears throat> Let me see. I say <laughs> pulling needles out of my body. 
Let me see if I have any spells left. Uh, oh, would you care? Yes. To... How down are you? Um, I have nine hit points. Okay. If there are any um, more, they have routinely done more than nine damage. <laughs> So yeah, I have five hit points. I think we might be better off just to step away for a little bit and have a little bit of a breather. Alright, so you probably Some people have, have four hit points being the barbarian, so you'll get a level three cure wounds. Appreciated. Get twenty five back. That was a good. That was a good wow. casting. Now you've good got thirty wound. hit points. <clears throat> and uh, he uh, gets a level Cassive two. Rune gets five. Somewhat less good, but now still beats twenty hit points. Um, and hold on, I have to budget a little bit here. I'm at about half. Uh, how am I? Not great. All right, I'm gonna have to use one on myself. Uh, Fair enough. I I can survive. Okay. I get a fingers crossed. Back and level one for uh, Janelle. You get five back. Uh, how's everybody? Every I think we're all at sort of a can't. If we get jumped now, we'll be okay. <laughs> Health okay. level. Okay. I now, have are these. Are these barrels or tables? These things here on the. Uh, those are those, those are empty. Those are empty wine barrels. Okay. I am very sad. Or more accurately, those are empty um, uh, squashing barrels for like actually crushing of the of the barrels. Uh, Connie will pull out her book and flip through a few pages. It is prudent to know your limits and know when to rest, lest you strain some something and damage your beauty. Yes, we should rest. So, Not stretch first. <laughs> Um, Actually, this patio probably isn't a bad place to rest. Uh, Jonel's act. There's a druid lying down over here somewhere, right? Over here somewhere. Yeah. Is there? There's a druid corpse. So yes, right over yeah. here. Oh, a druid corpse. Yes. Yeah. Um, gonna go over there. Just kind of. <laughs> you meant like a sleeping one. <laughs> I mean, death is a form of Why sleep. Why are all the people sleeping? Sleep is um, the little death. Um, Valis and I look over. Does any kind of? I'm looking for like magic charms, things like that. Anything that might summon control, sick people. Uh, uh, interest, interesting. In, uh, roll me an investigation check. I sit down and lean against a pillar and start breathing for an hour. <laughs> 
So what actually catches your eye is that there appears to be nothing to control these creatures on this particular druid. You find uh, no sign of any control devices, of any magic implements, just the clothes on their back and the weapon they had been fighting with. Wow, we are dropping frames hardcore right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we just dropped 3,000 frames. Wow. That's a lot okay. of frames. Yeah, all over the floor. I think we're back up, though. This is going to be a, a momentary fight. lapse in frames. And there they go again. Uh, there there they go. Go. Our connection to the oh god. Yeah, your, your, your connection awesome. to Skype is getting a little bit staticky, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. I assume that has to do with the with all the storm damage that happened recently. Probably. Uh, I mean, it's back up to green now. So, sorry. I'm just watching. I'm just watching our bites per second go down and then back up. It's like a roller coaster ride. You okay, good right now we're stable. We're good. All right. All right. So we are. Taking a breather. Yes. 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 I'm spending hit dice like a mofo. Me too. All right. Okay. You want to take an hour to rest? Yeah. Go ahead and spend hit dice as you wish. So, mother, uh, to explain what a short rest does, uh, take you a short rest is taking an hour to bandage wounds and prepare and sort of recover from recent fights. Uh, oh. You have. A pool of hit dice to spend equal to your level um, and you can spend any number of them to, re to, re to regain hit points that you have lost. If you look underneath your hit points on your character sheet there will be <clears throat> hit dice um, you will have uh, however many uh, I also you have, have five total yeah, you'll have five total all I'm seeing uh, is the uh, your hit die is a d10 so right above where your attacks are, where it probably says longbow or something, there will be a box saying hit die. If you click I'm on the box saying hit die. Okay. Here, yeah. hold on just a second. Sure. I will. I will show you. Benefits of having the GM in the room. Also an door. option, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, Aaron, thank you for reminding me that barbarians have a ridiculous number of hit points. Yeah, I'm actually almost back up to full now. Okay. Character sheet. Okay. And I so also have a pretty decent con. I mean, my con's my high stat, so. Right. I rolled pretty good, so I'm like one below max, so. I spent I'm two three hit below, dice but back to max. Yeah. And yeah. I've got my spells well, back. Just two hit dice. I hate you. And warlocks are the best. Uh, when you take a long rest, you will get half your max hit dice back, which will be uh, three. Okay. Uh... I mean, I don't get I don't get my cure wounds back because that's per long rest. So, but... what I will note is I am now out of rages. 
so those hit dice aren't going to stay around. Alright, so you all finish up your short rest, you bandage your wounds, you prepare. Maria, you get your spells back? Yep. All two of them. I get, get my key points back. I get two third level spell slots back. I get my key points back. Yep. Alright, feeling much more refreshed. Uh... <sighs> it's Mark who was basically uninjured because nobody could get over his armor. Uh, it's just <laughs> uh, well, uh, shall we continue to explore and see what's around? Um, yeah. Oh, I want to head over to the other Druid body that's over by the entrance we came in and basically kind of look for the same. Uh, you do not find it. The body or anything on it? Anything on it. The body's still there. That's clear the that the distinction needs way. to be made. Uh, Connie will look through the one that's next to her in Valis, because that's the one that we saw specifically buff a uh, tree blight. Um, and very similarly, you look through this body, and now that you've been keyed into what Jonelle is looking for, it's easy to try and find what you think should be there. There's nothing there. There's just mm-hmm. their clothing and whatever weapon they were using to fight you with. Are the druids pretty? Mm-hmm. They've been living in the wilderness for a long time. That would be a no. I feel like personal upkeep is not necessarily a priority of theirs. No. Okay, I'll find a bush to dump her in. <laughs> <laughs> dump her over the side of the patio. Uh... Uh, shall we? Shall Burial we look, is for pretty people. Shall we look to the? Shall we look to the building and see if there are any more threats inside? There most certainly will, and yes. All right. So, where are you guys headed? Into uh, the main room. Uh, oh look, stairs. Let's go up the stairs. Ah, fuck. I think I stepped into a... It... As a warning, it's possible to step into the, uh... The wine vats? <laughs> the vats yeah. of... The vats, which you can't see what's inside of until you step into them. Alright, so, Valis, you're taking steps up the stairs. I am heading tap on up one of, Just kind of tap on one of the, one of the vats. Is it full? Ah, <laughs> which one? Uh, so yeah. Um, um, so Valis, as you as you step up to the second to the second floor of this of this building, you spy sitting in the rafters numerous swarms of ravens that are just kind of perched on the rafters <clears throat> of the roof, just kind of okay. looking around, watching you very closely, just kind of beady red eyes, just kind of tracking your movement. They don't seem to be getting aggressive. They're just sitting and watching. So I need to point out that wizards did a piss poor job with those tokens because unless you are zoomed way in, those don't look like ravens. <laughs> what do they look um, like to you from a distance? 
you, you watch from hundred percent from a hundred percent they look like some kind of skeletal black fangs <laughs> they look like divine um. blights because we are not splitting the fucking party again Connie will head up giving a disapproving glance to Janelle's wandering around downstairs <clears throat> So Janelle, you tap, uh, you tap on each of these wine barrels. Only one of them is empty. The other three are full of wine. Okay. Um, just make a note of which one is empty and uh, watching that would be as the, the other. That would be the one on the far right. On the far right. Okay. Uh, just gotta watch the other two go up the stairs. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> And follow them up. Wherever. I see two doors. They very well may go outside. But I am not I certain. will also head up the stairs. Waiting for Zanine to follow. Yeah. Zanine, are you following after? I don't know if I want to head upstairs or not. <laughs> <laughs> but I Fair will. Enough. What was that? You will? All right. So you head ah, upstairs? Hello, hello, yeah. Evan, friends. How are you? Do you see what I mean about yeah, the no. They They tell us. Yeah. You, you, you have to look in close to get the raven swarms. Um, do these ravens seem like raven, similar to the ravens of... of, of um, Velaki? Velaki? Or are they more like ravens that might be associated with Strahd? Um, hard to tell. You don't really... There's not really a distinction. How um, to detect the alignment of ravens? I will sort of look up at them and... What was the name of the... What was it? Brothers of the Feather? Keepers of the Feather. Keepers of the Feather? I will look up at uh, one of the. Hello, uh, are you keepers of the feather? One of the ravens just kind of turns its head to you. <coughs> Ow! Does that, does that phrase mean anything to you? Ow! Am I just talking to a raven? Valis looks back at you. If they were strawed ravens. Would you expect them to be honest? But if, I mean, are you ravens of the Devil's Throat? Ah! I can't tell if that was a yes or a no. Um, Connie will flip through the book looking for a relevant phrase. <laughs> When spreading Soon's word, is it, Im it is important to remember that not all speak the common tongue. <laughs> I'm just sort of all staring right. at the ravens now. While Alice is walking over, walking this now, way. These are I the big, huge wine barrel, right? They still go up to yeah. the second floor? Yeah. And up towards this door. All right. 
you you knock on that door. It's not locked, and you open it up, and yep. it leads into a hallway. It does not lead outside. I'll head to follow behind Valis because maybe the tank should be near the front. I will stop staring at Ravens and will turn and wait for Janelle to move so I can follow. Uh, just shove Janelle off of yeah. the, off after, the off after a bit. After a bit, he's looking at the looking, taking the room in. Yeah, after a bit, Janelle will follow into the one of the wine vats. <laughs> yes. No. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, three of them are full of wine. Later. All right, I will peek into this room to stick my head in. All right, uh, W20, one second. Room W20 is the room where the miniature Tarrasque is. Would you calm and let me read? (laughs) (laughs) In this chamber are a desk, a chair, a tall wooden cabinet, and a strange contraption that takes up most of the northern end of the room. Uh, it appears to be some sort of, not that you would have any particular knowledge of this, but potentially some kind of printing press. Hmm. Printing press smells like heresy. I stick my head. There's nothing else in there. Like, look up to the ceiling. Make sure there's nothing like on the ceiling. Getting ready to a pounce. No, the room otherwise. <laughs> the room otherwise seems to be empty. It okay. looks there's been there's been signs of heavy activity. You suspect that some of the individuals who came out to attack you came from up in this room, but there is nothing here now. Duly noted. Close the door behind you. There, Strahd. <laughs> He was just hiding behind the door the whole time. <laughs> that would make sense. Um, all right. Next room. Next room it is. As I start moving down, there is a door here. This is um, thrilling. You hear from the back of the line. <laughs> you open that door. Uh... I mean, not delete the entire wall. You open that door. (laughs) Two pairs of bunk beds occupy this room. Against the west wall rest four identical footlockers. Well, Valis is only thinking of one thing at the moment, and he doesn't see it in here. There are no threats here. Next. Next room. Same thing. Okay. I'm going to squeeze past the rest of the this group. This is getting and monotonous. I'm going into that bedroom and I'm going to start looking through those foot lockers. Sure. Um... Uh, the foot lockers contain clothing and personal belongings, including a number of different types of toys, but nothing of particular value. Okay, so this probably belongs to the actual people that work in the vineyard, not the druids. 
Um, okay. among, one, of, one of the toys seems to resemble a child's wooden rocking horse, except that the horse is black with wild eyes and has painted orange flames where its mane, tail, and hooves should be. Oh, carved, like, carved, carved into the wooden nightmare is the name Bucephalus, and in smaller letters, the slogan is no fun, is no blinksy. I put it back. Close the footlockers. Uh, the next room that you open up, um, uh, Valus. This room contains a rectangular table surrounded by eight chairs, an L-shaped cupboard, and a floor-to-ceiling closet pantry. Next to the pantry is a small iron stove. There is another. There are other doors in here. I will. <clears throat> right. The southern, the southernmost door, okay. uh, leads back out into the hallway. Another hallway. Having fun, uh, Are we all sort of grouped up by this point, or are we? I mean, you're, 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 you're <clears throat> across the halls, but yeah, you're okay. still mostly well, in one group. Yeah. Well, it seems the top floor has been cleared. Ish. Ish. There are still doors. Through, are you going to start rooting through the cupboards? Uh, Marie, are you opening that door? Yep. All right. Uh, so, this room contains a four-poster bed, its headboard carved in the likeness of a giant raven. A soft black rug covers the floor between the bed and the door. In the corners of the south wall stand two slender wardrobes with a tapestry of a church hanging on the wall between them. Beneath the tapestry sits a handsomely carved rocking cradle. To the north, under a window, is a plain desk and chair. Other furnishings include a wooden chest and a freestanding mirror in a wooden frame. It does not look like the druids did much damage to the home as it was, I will call out. Was there any of these rooms that looked like the druids had been sleeping in them? Uh, some of the uh, some of the rooms that they've been inhabiting, not necessarily sleeping necessarily. Oh. Ballas, you opened that door, I'm assuming. <sighs> yep. This room has a wooden floor with a ten-foot square hole cut into the middle of it. Looming over the hole is a wooden winch. Perched atop it is a man with wild hair, rotted teeth, and skin painted red with blood. He waves a gnarled staff made from a black branch and babbles at you. Does he babble anything I can speak? Uh, he's, do you speak druidic? I am 99% sure I do not. Then you do not understand no. what he is babbling. Is he pretty? Mm. Uh, no, I literally just described him. <clears throat> Always and, helps uh, to check. As as he as he looks at the group of you pouring in behind Valus, he drops down the winch. God damn it. Follow after him, Valus. You have all the acrobatics you need. Oh, sure. Encourage the idiot. <laughs> if Phallus isn't going to, Connie is. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I said. If I wasn't at the back of the line, I would follow him down. He's jumping. 
Alright, roll me acrobatics. <laughs> Is there any way I can, like, climb down the device itself to make it athletics? Uh, yeah, you can climb down the rope. It'd be a little slower, but... I will step aside That's so you know... I will step aside We're so gonna go with go the athletics me. option. Yeah. Um, so... Valis, you dive down and kick off one of the wine barrels in the lower dock and, land, and manage to land just as the other person is crawling out and is heading for the door to the south. You ca you have basically almost caught up. No advantage, uh, so Connie just makes an 11. Do we consider this man a threat? <clears throat> I do well, not know yet. We need to at least do. subdue him. And Jonelle will just jump down. He'll just running leap. Jump in slow fall? Yes. Mm, I'm mm. down. Janelle, you fall down immediately after. I'm, uh, going to go, I'm going to go. I saw stairs in the other room. I'm going to go back and take the stairs. <laughs> I'm, right. I, I, I'm chasing after. All right, so Valis has decided what he's going to do. The druid runs through this way. Valis chases after. And yep. then after Janelle lands, then Connie <clears throat> gets down. Zanine, what are you doing? I am looking for another way down. That doesn't involve jumping. There are stairs to the south. There are some stairs over here, Zanine. There's okay. also stairs down here to the south. Down here. Yoink. So my speed is 40 feet, so I'm catching up with these fuckers. Yeah. So we're heading down the stairs. Yep. Yeah, and so give chase as well. My, my, my so speed's yeah. 55, so... Yeah, so Connie and Janelle, the only thing stopping you from getting up to the up to Valis and the Druid is basically space, as Valis chases through the door as Zanine and Maria come down at the same time. I can't see anything. All black. Uh, William, if you uh, left shift, your, shift left click, you'll yeah. ping us over. I. Okay. So, Valus, as you are basically <clears throat> behind this person, what is your intent? I only have currently a certain set of spells. Have a uh, set of spells. You could try and grapple. You have arms. Just barrel into him. And probably <laughs> a war axe or a mace or something. Athletics isn't great. All right, we'll give it a. We will give it one try. All right. And then he gets the inflict. Fifteen. <laughs> uh, so Let's see what he's got. He's a primary caster. He's not going to have that great an athletic score. I am a primary caster. Are you set to whisper your rolls? You should be set to whisper your rolls. You are set to whisper, okay. Well, that's a nine. <laughs> Even if he'd had advantage, it would have been a twelve. So. Stop. Running, you you grab you 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 reach forward and grab him by the back of his collar and just yank back, and he almost leaves his feet as you as you stop him from <clears> running, <throat> and he continues to look up at you and babble in druidic. 
I don't understand you. There's more more of this weird language that sounds almost like nature sounds and animal noises mixed together with some bits of potentially elvish, but not quite. I will, coming down the stairs, since we're like right there, I will reach into my bag, pull out some rations, and like hold it up in front of his face and see if he reacts to the food. Like here, look. Uh, food. Calm? Uh, you have him cornered, so... He's gonna cast a thunder wave. Yep. Yeah. Ouch. Fortunately, there's not really anywhere for it to push us. <laughs> Into the wall. So I I need everybody who is uh within ten feet, which is everybody, uh, to make a Constitution saving throw. Okay. Fifteen. All right. Fifteen. Uh, Twenty-six. So. Ten. The, uh, on your character sheet, uh, Zanin, there will be on the far left, right next to your ability scores, there will be your saving throws, which you have proficiency in strength and, and dexterity. Right below dexterity is constitution. Click on, click on constitution. Hey. Don't put the check on it. Just click on the name. Oh, okay. Alright. There you go. 20! Alright, um, Janelle, you are pushed back. Ten feet and knock and, and take nine points of thunder damage. Everybody else is not pushed back and only takes four points of thunder damage. You so I'm still this. grappling him. Yes. Nine points, you said. Yeah, you take nine, Janelle. He'll live. Inflict wounds. <laughs> okay. Roll me a touch attack with your inflict wounds. If I'm grappling him, do I get some sort of advantage? Not only be if he was restrained, unfortunately. Grabbing him. All I have to do is go boop. Yeah, but you have to okay. let go and then grab him. Uh, yeah, theor theoretically, it'd be easier to stab him, too, but that's not how... Wow! Wow! <laughs> Did you touch yourself, fellas? <laughs> You, you reach forward to, to try and grab onto this person, but he kind of smacks your hand aside with that gnarled black staff that he's carrying, and it just kind of thrusts your hand out to the side. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I'm disarming no. him. This is good, because he's going to try to run, and I'm a war caster. I mean, okay. he's still grappled, so yeah, he will try and break the hold, so he's going to roll his athletics. Can I... Uh, yes, Connie, what would you like to try and do? Because you're, you're kind of reaching over his shoulder, but you can try something. Yeah, no, it's just... Rest um, yeah, I was going to try and take his staff. Um, you can make me an athletic check with disadvantage, because you're trying to reach around a wall. Damn. Not much I can do unless I want to leapfrog There's over no the There's no chance I two. can get past him, past Valus and him. Uh, they're kind of taking up the doorway, so... Okay. Not unless Valus moves. I'm somewhat broad. <clears throat> I'm stuck in the stairwell, so I'm you dice! God that said, damn it. because he rolled a two, you still oh. get the staff away from him. 
and he does not manage to break unless you unless you also roll less than a two, uh, Valis, on your athletics. He will not manage to break free of your grapple. No. So, yeah, no. You hold on to him. Um, uh, do you want to pull him back here, throw him in the cart? So, Valis, you have another turn if you wish to do something, and anyone else who wishes to do something can try. I would um, like... I, I'm just going to call out uh, towards the men. Uh, uh, Is that what you call out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something pithy to say, because it's vicious. I'm, I'm casting Vicious Mockery. Can't think of I was just going to gonna try and gag him so I can take away more of his ability to cast spells. With with a... I mean, that one requires, like, access to his head and two hands. Mm. You're not going to be able to do that one while he's through the door. I can't think of... Um, any, I, Maria thinks of something you, go, you go, to say, you go, and I eh, cast Mrs. <laughs> you, you go, eh, and the noise invades his head, and he takes four points of psychic damage. Uh, he also... Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, he also has... Um, Disadvantage, on, Disadvantage his on his next attack roll. So, um, in, in Elvish, I'm gonna call out to him: "Settle yourself down, or these people will hurt you." And does he react? I cast inflict wounds. <laughs> these people will continue to hurt you. Roll me another attack. Fourteen. Uh, I think that is. His, that's better than his armor class. No, yeah. <laughs> he takes it. Roll damage. For 20 ah. necrotic damage. <laughs> hey, look, he's dead. He's not, he's not sure. dead, but he's not looking hot. He, you just took him within an inch of his life in one go. And he, <clears throat> as blood vessels burst across his chest and black lines spread across his body as most of the vitality is sapped from him, he is not looking good, and he's going to feebly thrust his hands forward and try one more time to thunder wave you off of him. I'll just punch him in the face. <clears throat> That's the try, plan. Try to get in Sylvan. I need everybody but Jonel to make me a constitution saving throw. 18. 24. All of you save, which means you all only take seven points of thunder damage and are not pushed back, as he has not been able to get Valis off of him. Seven. And, seven. and again, in both... Can I take my stick, and, and before Valis wastes another spell on this guy... Just... Oh, I am out of spells. Oh. <laughs> just jab him in the face with the stick. Technically, yeah, I could, quarter I could staff, the dead. Boink. Yep. Uh, make me an attack roll. You won't have disadvantage, but he will get uh, three quarters cover from the wall. That's fair. That said, even with three quarters cover, you still hit him. He takes Bam. seven bludgeoning damage. Is he, he reaches over and jabs him in the eye. <laughs> he is either dead or unconscious. Your choice. My choice is unconscious, as she just boings him over the head. Boom. And, and bonus actions. Struggling. Bonus actions. Spare the dying. Yep. 
He is not in danger of dying, but he is completely unconscious. Well, we have walked through the entirety of the house now. I believe this little fellow is the only one left. Let us go collect the wizard of the winery. Is there any signs of what they were doing in here? Uh, you have not really investigated anything that might have been going on. You just kind of look around back, vaguely. Go back into the vat room and look around. Have they, were they, did I mean, most of the like activity been... seems to have been centered around these vats. I'm taking a look. I want to take a look at that goddamn staff. Yeah, go ahead. Hand it over. Uh, so the staff appears... Uh, let me see if I can find the handout specifically. Your handouts. As Velas is doing that, I am going to drag him over to a corner, um, tie him up so he can't use his hands, and gag him so he can't speak. All right. Where are you putting magic. him? Right, which corner are you putting him in? Uh, fuck. Janelle ran all the way back to the winery room. Yeah. Okay, so I, we're just going to use this room here and... There. Alright, shove him in that corner. Uh, the staff appears to be like a collection of heavily blackened and scorched twigs that kind of suffuses a faint black smoke as they seem to still be smoldering even now, and they're kind of wrapped together with bands of, of cloth <clears throat> and um, plant matter. Can I get a sort of Kena roll? Yeah, go ahead and roll me an Arcana check. This is definitely a staff. It is definitely magical. You do know that. Would you like um, me to take a look at it, Velos? Please. I will take uh, the staff. And I will roll 21 on my Arcana check. So, this staff is brimming with dark magics. Um, it, <clears throat> among other things, is almost certainly the staff that was being used to control all of the blights. Uh, it was definitely being used uh, to control the different plant animals that were attacking you. Uh, other than that, it has a sort of vampiric essence to it, as if it drains the energy of that that is around it. Is it something that I think I could use, or is it something that should probably just be destroyed? I mean, you could theoretically use it, yeah. I will I will hold the staff up and take <clears throat> a, like, sort of a stereotypical arcanist overseeing an item stance. It's like with my hand up, a little bit of glowing magic, sort of scanning over it. This is a magic stick. It is also high. Yes, it, it, is. it also is sensibly like like you can sense it evil. This is an evil magic stick. Give it here. It was used to control the twig blights. 
and the needle blights and the vine blights and any other blights that may have been around. And if you break it, it will eat your soul. Insight. Yes. That one's a deception check. Yeah, I get an insight on that. Sure, you can roll an insight. I rolled a Maria is hard. It's hard to tell if Maria is fucking with you or not, but she says it with enough of an air that it might be serious. This is a dangerous weapon. You will have to treat with it carefully. Well, we certainly should not use it. Absolutely not. I'm so curious as to why they were here. It's. So what are you don't have. Um, I'm gonna put the staff in my bag. In this uh, room to the north here, with this hall, these barrels. Um, do any of the barrels look like they've been tampered with? Like open, close. They, uh, the don't have the something barrels, against. The barrels seem to be fine. Um, at the moment, there's, there's a number of them, and there's a number of empty barrels stacked against the southern wall. They are druidic teetotalers. Were they perhaps so, trying to mess with the wine? The natural it's one possible. on her wisdom. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just to answer, really, it's possible they didn't destroy the wine so they don't have something against it. So it has here against something against the winery itself. So Connie again. will flip through her book and find the appropriate sort of page. Is the winery the one that services the town? Yes. Uh, yes. Then maybe they were trying to poison the village people. <clears throat> it's not inconceivable. Or, you know, they could have just... Waiting for... I can't do that. Never mind. You were trying to flip through a page? Um, yeah. Connie will eventually... As the tale of the false faithful shows up, as, as even the darkest of creatures occasionally seek refuge, from the cold of a storm. Hmm. I have no idea what you mean. I do. I'm not certain that I agree. I... But I understand. And with a natural one on her wisdom save, Connie is going to go about yeah, this person is ugly, but we need to fix them as much as we can. So let's <laughs> You're giving him a makeover. Fix the nails, brush the hair out, get some of the twigs at least into a more aesthetically pleasing formation. Um, I'm going to go over to one of the wine barrels and pull out a yep. cup and pour some wine and inspect the wine. Uh, the wine is like dark red. It's very thick and difficult to see through. It's not translucent it's just kind of crimson and i get like a medicine or nature roll to sort of inspect it uh 
What are you looking for? I'm trying to see if they fucked with the wine. And I know I wine. Was I have had a lot of that. wine. Uh, <laughs> that'd be a medicine check, probably, if you're, like, looking for, like, poison or something. And I, and I will, I will like, sort of pour a cup for Valus to look at as well. And well, while they're doing that, uh, Janelle's going to go up to the second floor to look at the, the vat, the empty vat. You, you go to the second floor and you sure. pull up the lid on the empty vat and you see there's a bunch yeah. of twigs and branches kind of littered around the inside of the of the vat. But yes, I am making every effort to make this druid fucking presentable and pretty as possible. Roll me a performance check. Damn it. Would that be a disguise kit roll? <laughs> I don't have a disguise kit. <laughs> 19. I mean, you straighten the hair out, you sort of clip off a few, a, a, the, the lengthier of the nails that are easier to do that with, and you kind of straighten out the clothes a bit, pull some of the twigs out. You do the best you can with no actual cosmetics on hand. Um, so I got a 12 on my medicine roll. Um, I got less than a 12. You have a higher modifier, too. <laughs> it, it's hard to tell. It seems very thick. It doesn't seem... There's no, like, sulfurous odor or anything coming off of it. It still smells like wine, but... Perhaps we should have the, uh, the, uh, um, the winemakers <clears throat> inspect this. Okay. Uh... Tony will sort of look over. In the matter of craft, it is often best to consult a master or craftsman. I think Connie is agreeing with me. I think she is. Uh, uh, do uh, who wants to come with me to get the winemakers? They were just on the road. What? So. Nobody. Mm. Nobody wants to take a drink. Wait. Nobody wants to take a drink of the wine. <laughs> No. No. <laughs> Wait. I may be I may be misinterpreting what I am seeing right now. But it looks like because we're on the ground floor, correct? Ish. Yes. It looks like based on my understanding of Wizards of the Coast maps, that this little corner parapet type portion of the house has stairs that go down. It does. Ow. Valis, it's like, I am heading downstairs, and then heads downstairs. <laughs> Connie will take a brush out of the druid's hair, pick him up over the shoulder fireman, carry style, and head on after Valis. No, this is uh, just an open floor here. I can see down where they're going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you enter the winery cellar. Uh, wooden pillars and beams support the ten-foot-high ceiling of this ice-cold cellar, which is split in two by a five-foot-thick brick wall. A thin mist covers the floor. Each half of the cellar features an eight-foot-tall wooden partition that doubles as a wine rack. The western rack stands empty, but the eastern one is half-filled with wine bottles. Right. 
I'm so yeah, like I said, I'm gonna head down after Vallis, um, and I'll look over my shoulder. Zanine? Zanine follows. I can figure out where you're at. Uh, yeah. Ink. Oh, you're down here. Okay. <laughs> Vallis has his axe out and is just walking along, waiting to be attacked because we are in the cellar. I of... will. I'm waiting to down. find out the Wizard of Wine has a really kinky uh, torture dungeon. I will call down the stairs. Scream if you are getting attacked. I will not scream. <clears throat> I will bellow the de- I will bellow to the death of whatever we destroy. Whatever, so long as it's loud. Janelle will pop pop open the tops of the other. Uh, vats to see if there anything has been tossed in. Oh yeah, uh, you just see wine in the bot and in, in the vats as you open them up. Okay. Can I make some sort of investigation roll on the wine that's here? Uh, sure. What are you looking for? Uh, just like how long it's been down here. Um, it's all suspiciously been opened in the last two or three days. Sure. Go ahead and roll me an investigation check. I'd like to know if it's blood. <laughs> sure, you can both roll me an investigation. Um, Connie, all the wine is dated and has not been opened, and it all seems to be dated from, you know, several years ago. So Yeah, that, that makes a fair amount of sense. Uh, Zanine, it does not seem to be blood. It seems to be wine. It's real thick wine? Yeah. Well, no, this wine... When you look at it, it swirls a lot easier and it's still translucent. You can definitely see through it um, much easier because it's sort of it's aged in its proper okay, wine. I thought you said earlier that it was really thick. The one, the one, the, the, the wine that is upstairs is the wine that is down here, not okay. so much. That's the stuff that's currently being brewed, right? As far as we can tell. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I call up to uh, Jonelle, who's above me. Does it look like there are any bodies in the wine? Uh, no, there does not appear to be any bodies in any of the any of the wine kegs. Oh, Jeff, you're muted. <laughs> well, no, but there's uh, there looks like a bunch of sticks and twigs in the vats on the far right. Oh yeah, uh, they were definitely fucking. Right. They were definitely fucking with these then. There does um, not appear you... to be anything. Oh. Uh, as you as you get closer to the northern wall, actually, the cellar gets markedly colder. Um, like there's this notable drop in temperature as you get closer to the northern end of the wall. Uh, I don't have my detect good and evil anymore today. Against against that wall in the eastern portion of the cellar, uh, there are three frosty barrels containing purple grape mash number three, uh, which is emblazoned on each of the barrels' side. Um, there's a single bottle uh, of grape mash number three on the floor next to Connie on the western end of the cellar. 
Um, and the wine rack in the eastern half of the cellar holds 40 bottles, the labels of which show the wine is the winery's Red Dragon Crush on the eastern rack. Can I look at the bottle that's on the floor? Yep. The bottle of Purple Grape Mash number three. Mm -hmm. uh, it appears to have been opened up and emptied, though. I'm doing two things. Mm -hmm. First, I'm just in case, because cold often means particular things, utilizing my eyes of the grave. Are there undead within 60 not feet that don't any undead. have total cover? Okay. Not since the undead. Then I am looking for some sort of draft or some oh, other indication investigation of check. secret secret tunnel roll me an investigation check 17. 17 so you start feeling along the wall where it's really cold and you then you start to feel on the on the the pillar that sort of juts out between the the two halves of the wine cellar and you knock on it and it's hollow and so you start feeling along the sides of it and eventually that leads you to the central area of that of that pillar and you you realize you can push on this on this uh, this this southern end of this of this jut because it's a door. It's a secret door. Secret entrance. And you push, and it takes some effort to push open the secret door, and you are greeted by a blast of cold air. A dark tunnel stretches for fifteen feet, ending in an ending in an archway beyond which lies a shallow cave. There is a cave, and I start walking in. All right, so right when you get to that point, okay, uh, I will need you to make a constitution saving. Because that's when the Sweet. dragon breathes ice on you. <laughs> Ten. Ooh. You take twenty-two points of cold damage as you as you step forward and you bring your hand close to this wall. Your hand touches something and it's soft and spongy, and you look at it and you almost feel the heat being sucked out of your body as this mold on the wall begins to drain you of heat. Ow! You keep moving I think forward, that qualifies for Maria's I request back. for notification. I'll follow Valis down. You, you, uh, it's over here. I think. Oh. You, yes, you back yes. away from this brown. You, you back away from this brown mold on the wall, and it, it is painful. But the as you as you back away from it, it feels less like the heat is being leached out of your body, and more like it's just unnaturally cold. Did, did, from where we're at messing with the wine vats and inspecting them, did we actually hear that? Could we have actually heard uh, that? Roll me perception checks, because you are technically yeah. two levels above. Uh, five. I didn't hear shit. <laughs> Jonelle, you <laughs> heard it. Maria, you did not. Uh, if I hear, if I hear Val's going, ah, yeah, I am jumping down. 
Right, Janelle, you jump, you jump down from the upper level and rush oh. down, and you end up in the wine cellar. Uh, Janelle, where are you going? Good. <laughs> I will might be trouble as he darts down the stairs. I will follow after Janelle. Alright, so you head down the stairs. Yep. You both end up in the wine cellar. Uh, are you all dead, dying, or otherwise? No, no, yes. Otherwise. Dying. What did you find? No. Heat leaching fungus. Can I see? <sighs> By all means. I will get I out of the way that... and let the other spellcaster in because that's smart. So nothing I am backing my track. angelic ass out of that corridor. <sighs> so is it can I can I see the like I can see it on the map, but can I can I actually see this sort of fungus on the walls? The yeah, that seems like sort of a, it seems like sort of a brown mold that has grown across the walls of that cave. Hmm, interesting, interesting. I eldritch blast it. You blast into it, a small patch of it, and nothing else happens. Hmm, hmm. I'm gonna step closer, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, form my I'm going to form my um, my pack blade into a halberd. And I'm going to green flame blade it. You know, it is possible that they put this here on purpose. For it, that the the winery put this here for a reason. So possibly as soon as soon as you cast the green flame blade and the flames erupt on your halberd, the mold immediately reacts and begins to expand towards your source of heat and fire. I need you to make a Constitution saving throw. Sweet, <laughs> I have reach. Does that matter? No, it doesn't, because it covers a 10-foot square area when it grows. Oh, my God. 20. Ouch. We defeated an army of blights and druids, and we're going to be killed by fungus. Okay, I don't know you about take, you. I'm back here. <laughs> you, take four, you take 14 points of cold damage as it begins to Ow. leach. You resist, you resist the effects as it begins to leach heat from you yeah, and I will, the fire. I will have. let go of the pack blade, let it dissipate, step back. Um, just by looking at, just by sort of looking at it, does it look like this is something that they probably put here to keep the cellar cool? Um, roll me a nature check. Can I hey, make some yeah. sort of check relating to that, given that I have a lot of education in, like, craft works and fine whatevers? Uh, you can also make me a nature check. That will be considered in your DC. Uh, 11 was mine. <laughs> Five! <laughs> Um, it seems like some kind of brown brown mold that is attracted to and leeches off of heat. That's about all you can tell, based on those rolls. Um, you mentioned that there was some specific bottles that were particularly frosty. Yes, the the, the kegs in the corner on on the right hand, on the right hand side are pretty are pretty frosty. So. so assuming that that's related to there being heat leaching mold next to them, I want to look at them see if. See if they seem damaged or preserved by the temperature in which they're currently being kept. Uh, they definitely seem to be more well-preserved. Mm. I, I sort of step back and start looking down. I look down the hallway 
take a step to the left, take a step to the right, looking at what's on either side of it. Because I can tell that the the little like the moss area on the other side expands out, like to sort of encompass the walls. I'm pretty certain this is here to keep the cellar cool. They stepping back and forth. I'm still carrying that druid, right? Uh, yes. Mm. No, I'm not evil. I'm technically <laughs> good aligned. Well, no, I'm technically neutral. You um, can point at the fungus and see what it does to him, since he's not conscious. Yeah. It would uh, probably kill him. I could. I could also ask him because I'm sure he has a decent nature score. He only speaks druidic. Does anybody here speak druidic? I know I don't. Unfortunately, no. Only druids speak druidic. Okay. Uh, I'm... Uh, Connie will. <clears throat> In matters of craft, sometimes it is best to consult the master craftsman. Yes, I think we should go talk to the winery, to the winery owners. As you almost die to their <laughs> AC system. <laughs> <laughs> can right, I? So you all... Can I see? Can I like pull this door back closed? Yeah, you just... <laughs> and shut it, and it almost immediately like vacuum seals from the from the leeching of heat. Wow, that's cool. And so you guys... I may not know much about making of wine, but I know much about the imbibing of wine. And I know that wine cellars are meant to be cold. Um... You all have back to... Potential wine tampering. On our way out, Connie's just gonna, uh... See if she can investigate the wine that's being made, if she can determine anything about whether or not it's been poisoned. Yeah, you can make a medicine check. Cool. I, ha I still have my mug of wine. I haven't spilled it. I haven't <laughs> it out. Seems Four. fine. Alright. Janelle doesn't know if, enough about if wine. If I can't figure it out, I'll just take the wine that Maria's already poured and down it. Hey, wait, wait. <laughs> yes! Yes! Alright. <laughs> okay. Um... Honey starts frothing at That's the That's what the barbarian is for. I was going to ask the winemaker about that. Connie, you take 17 points of poison damage, and I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Can do. As twig blights burst out of your stomach like a... Like a oh, please tell me like that's what happened. Like a chestburster. No. Um, so... Uh... As you as you down this, you feel the poison pulsing through your veins, and it hurts, but you force it through your system as your body rejects the poison, and it slowly, it still hurts, but it continues to wind down as on your next turn you take only 11 points of poison damage, and on your third turn you take 5 points of poison damage, and then it has worked through your system. I am alive! <laughs> Barely! You're alive. Yeah, uh -oh. Connie, Connie, like, 
clearly like winces at that, but just sort of stands back up with her two hit points. What is uh, it? Yeah, we figured that. Too. We were trying to figure out what it was the poisoned with. The disbursement of craft is not something to be left up to the chance. To chance. We weren't leaving. For, the, for, those, for, those watch, for those watching at home, that's what happens when one consumes a potion of poison. We were trying to see if the if someone could tell if maybe they were pouring the blood of Strahd into the wine. Connie doesn't have a phrase to respond to that, so she just <laughs> has flips through the book for a little bit, flips it closed, just and shrugs at you. <laughs> I was well, so I hoping someone was going to drink the wine. I start heading off that to go get the wine makers. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, so you guys, you guys head out back to the back to the copse of trees where you met um, Davy and Mardikov. I do at least. Yep. <sighs> Hello, Wizard of Wines, winery people of the wizards. All right. Um, so yeah, once again, back in that. Um... Yeah. Um... Back in that copse of trees, you once again you see the that that elderly man once again approaches you with that gnarled staff, that sort of eat that sort of raven-headed um, staff that he carries with, and sort of looks at the group of you. So, have you been successful? I I, I have good <laughs> news and I have bad news. Good news, I point at the druid that Connie is carrying. We have mm -hmm. dealt with your druid infestation. Uh, we have one that he's left alive. He only speaks a weird language that no one else speaks. I don't know if that help is helpful or not, but uh, he quite a mess. Uh, bad news, they have poisoned your wine, or at least the ones that are in the kegs on the primary floor. We're not certain about the rest. Um, so they'll mm. need, it'll need to be inspected before we take any uh. wine out. Indeed. Well. If they're no longer a threat, my kin and I should be able to see about purifying the food and drink that is within this building and see that it is properly restore, restored for use. But also, yeah. uh, the, that is, there is heat leaching fungus in your cellar. Was that intentional? Yes, it's the brown mold that we use to keep the wine cellar cool. Figured. <laughs> now that makes sense <laughs> sensical people would consider such a thing before barging in yes they would they absolutely would <laughs> she she i'm glad <laughs> connie barely manages to stifle a laugh at that and will is druidic among the tongues of you, tongues you or your her allies speak? I believe some of the keepers of the feather speak the druidic tongue, but I'm afraid none of my family are of the druid arts. Ding! Confirmed. Okay, we know. I mean, it was obvious, but... 
Connie will sort of give a nod. So are we taking we'll him consult. back with us? She looks at Janelle. Yes. Right. Um, you wished for wine in payment for this assistance, yes? Yes, we need to, we need wine to take to... Uh, um, what's the fucking place? Uh, Krasik. Krasik, that one. <laughs> well, preferably Certainly. wine that is not poisoned. Certainly. I will have my sons get to the task immediately. And he kind of waves over to a couple of the other figures in the in the in the uh, the cops and just kind of uh, calls out um, the uh, Elvia, Adrian. Let's get everything set up. And uh, two two of the individuals emerge from the trees and start heading back towards the uh, the winery. We'll get we'll get whatever wine has not been poisoned loaded onto a cart for you, and we will, and uh, Adrian and Elvir will deliver it to Kresik for you. Huzzah! We can go ahead and go then. If you'd like, you could follow the, follow the, follow the wine wagon for an escort and arrive at the same time as your delivery. Actually, that would probably be best. Let me let us rest for a while. How long do you think it will take for them to prepare? I, I suspect we'll need to take some time to determine what has been poisoned and what has not and then purify anything that has been. I would suggest we, sh we would be ready to move by the morning. Uh, if you'd like to rest here, please. Did we need to get back to Velaki for something? Right away? I'm trying or to remember. We're Kresik. We, had to, we were going to the Abbey in Kresik. Did we need so to be there the morning? things that we have that are somewhat time sensitive. I've left a letter explaining to the lady, hopefully if she's there, our motivations and that we'd like to meet up with her. So she might wander off because she is wandering if we wait too long. There's, I believe, in three days' time, a festival that we were planning to use to overthrow the people in... Uh, <clears throat> The Velaki. city with the gates and all the Velaki. ravens yeah. in Velaki. Um, I think Valis would like to, soon as possible, get rid of Strahd, but that is a less formal time sensitivity and also a little idealistic. Our spy that our our spy that we turned into a double agent um, is having a meeting with her with that lady sometime. And in the next in the next couple day days. or two, that that was the one that was yeah. more. I thought it was on the day of the festival that you managed to negotiate that for. We didn't have a we didn't we didn't establish a time, just ah. sometime soon. Um, because we were going to go into her house while she was away and investigate. Okay. And we don't actually know what the time frame on that is. So we do need to get back relatively quick. Um, though we won't be able to get into uh, Krasik without the wine. Yeah. <sighs> we're gonna get into without the wine. Unless we can provide them proof that the delivery is coming. Basically, is, do you want to take a long rest here and then leave with the wine in the morning? Let's, yes. Let's let's yes. yeah, let's stay <laughs> here. Making the trip back to Krasik would be dangerous without having taken a long, or back to Velaki would be dangerous anyways. So. Stay here and take a long rest. 
Alright. So you will take a long rest. You get all your hit points back. And three hit dice back. Yep. And everyone else. Is it rounded up? Back. Yeah, round up for hit dice. Good. Because I spent three. Yay, hit dice. Yay, hit points. Yay, spells. And we level up. <laughs> Not quite. Yay, the ability to rage. <laughs> All right. So, as you, you meet up uh, with uh, Adrian and uh, Elvir, um, and they have sort of the wines on a, on a wagon and with a pair of horses ready to uh, pull the pull the carts towards Kresik, and you all set out on the road. I would like four people to roll me a d20. On it. Got it. That so. one. Do I have that's a plus zero? I don't have anything. Just type that's a slash plus roll zero, one d twenty. I know, but if I already had something that is a plus zero, I'm used to having Selena where I have a, a template. Oh, wild magic building. button. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I have a 14, a 13, a 2, and a 4. Ominous. Alright. Yeah, your trip passes mostly without without event as the, the the group of you make your way from the Wizard of Wines to Kresik. You arrive at the gates of Kresik with your I am uh, I am standing atop the wine barrels in the cart, calling out, We've returned to Krasik, you salty bastards, with your wine! During any point of this time, does the druid wake up? Uh, oh yeah, I was going you? to continue giving him makeovers over the course of the day or so. I mean, yes, eventually he does wake up over the course of the long rest and continues to babble at you in druidic. <clears throat> Assuming there are no keepers of the feather around, then yeah, we'll take him with us so that we can dump, dump him off with the ones that are in Balaki. Actually, you I'm know gonna... what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Clerics have a spell that you could have taken in the morning that I was assuming Valus wouldn't take because it's not worth talking to the servants of a demon. Oh no, it's entirely worth talking because we don't know that he's a servant of the demon necessarily. And if so, we want to know where the demon is. I point at the castle. <laughs> okay. No, it's appreciated that you have the spell language, comprehend language, I believe. Yes. It's a uh, spell. Or possibly tongues. Yeah, I, tongues I, is specifically. Tongues is yep. weird. Let me make sure it actually does what it, what, what we want it to do. Um... Grants you the ability, the creature you touch, the ability to understand any spoken languages it hears. Moreover, when the target speaks, any creature that knows at least one language 
can hear the, what the target and understands what it says. Brian can yeah, hear okay. the target. Question is, who does Valus cast it on? The druid. Okay. Oh, yeah. fair. That, that's a good idea. Because then we can understand anything he says. Yep. Yeah. No, I have to. Because yeah, a, pe- a lot so of people. So as just he think... wakes up, Connie is brushing his hair. Yeah, because a, a lot of a lot of people think that comprehend language is like like that tongues is just an advanced comprehend languages, but it's actually everything you say makes sense to everyone who hears it. Yep. Yeah. But it doesn't actually like you're not. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You're not actually Only speaking a different language. It's a TARDIS translation circuit. Yeah. A little bit. But what is he saying? Um, so, uh, so as, as he continues to babble at you while under the effects of the tongue spell, he, he says, um, something along the lines, uh, he keeps repeating it over and over, something along the lines of, return to me, the vampire staff, nature must bend to my whim, something along those lines, basically on repeat. Maria has the stick. Yep. Vampire staff. Yep, that would be the stick that I said would devour his soul if you break it. Power. Okay. Yeah, he, sorry, yeah. that is that is Strahd's staff. It is a vampire staff, a vampiric staff. I don't think it's Strahd's. He said his word was the vampire's staff. Oh no, it might be Strahd's staff. Yes. And he just kind of says it on repeat. He stands up. He walks over. Do we have a fire going? Uh, presumably, if you're camping. Yeah. I do not plan to break it. Give me the staff. I I hand him the staff. It's on you if it kills you. <laughs> I stand about <laughs> ten feet away from the fire. And I chuck it into the fire. <laughs> Didn't intend to break it, intended to burn it. Oh, uh, hey. Yeah. Let's see what happens. All right. Uh... I didn't want to keep it. I was just afraid it would kill someone if we broke it over, like if he <laughs> broke it over his knee. <laughs> I mean, uh... legitimately, that is what he was planning on doing. <laughs> <laughs> The wood releases a terrible inhuman scream that can be heard out to a range of 300 feet. All blights, they can hear the scream immediately wither and die, but there are no blights in the area. <laughs> and Valis, I think for perhaps the first time, smiles for a moment. I can, I can, show, I can show everyone... On Valis's face. <laughs> I can show everyone what the Gulthia staff would have done, but it is destroyed mm-hmm. now. I mean, I feel like it's a good thing that it's gone. Yeah, that that definitely would be the kind of thing we don't want Maria to have. Or anyone. Sure. You can expend one charge to regain a number of hit points equal to the damage dealt by the weapon. And go insane. But I can heal while hitting things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And go insane. 
I'd be at like full health Actually, the entire we're, combat. We're to give it to Connie because she has a minus two to her wisdom. <laughs> no, no, good to, good. I was never intending to use it. So yeah. <laughs> ah. Then what does he do? When I look back at the druid now that we have destroyed his staff. Uh, he's just kind of descended into sobbing and weeping under his breath. I'll pet his head. I think this man needs a long-term psychiatric assistance that we cannot provide. What's that? Or perhaps, or to that, perhaps to in, be smothered for his own good. In, uh, in, uh, in, in... Oh, where the fuck am I from? In, in... <laughs> the fuck am I from? God damn it. In Thay, it often involves uh, sitting in a very cushioned room, sipping wine and talking to a person about your childhood. Well, perhaps we can just leave him with the authorities in Kresik. Uh, Connie will look at Maria straight on. We call... All that high-end prostitutes. In the, in, in the high-end prostitutes, uh, you don't talk about your childhood with them. We talk about other things. Right. Yes, we could leave him in Krasik. We could leave him uh, where... Uh, uh, or we could leave him uh, in Velaki. We'll, we'll determine when we get there, I guess. I might not want to leave him in Krasik. They might just kill him. Mm. All right. Uh, so after this Sorry. conversation, you have your day's journey and you arrive in Krasik. We're here, you salty bastards! <laughs> <laughs> Now, and uh, the Burgermeister once again appears on the walls after a bit of waiting. I see you back. We have wine in caskets that is totally not poisoned. When you say it like that, oh my god! I don't actually do any damage, but I do very lightly wrap Maria on the head with my staff. I said it like that intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> and I do I do continue carrying around the um, druid <laughs> I mean it's not it, it's not I, I said, the, the most foolish thing we've we've heard a PC yeah. say in the last 36 hours I told the exact <laughs> truth <laughs> I can uh, create a golem so yeah, so did Alexandra. <laughs> All right, open the gates. We've got one, everyone. And the uh, the gates kind of slowly creep open, and to allow you through. As you you enter, the mist shrouded village beyond the wall is nothing more than a scattering of humble wooden cottages along dirt roads that stretch between stands of snow dusted pine trees. So many trees, in fact, as to constitute a forest. 
To the northeast, gray cliffs rise sharply, and the road winding up to the abbey is easy to see from this vantage. As I move to the other side. You are now within the walls of Kresik. <clears throat> Very well. I hop down off the cart and I begin. I, I, yeah, I begin uh, walking towards uh, the cathedral. <laughs> a, gr a group of guards are already approaching the cart to start unloading the wine and carrying it to various homes and taverns. Enjoy. Um, I'm gonna look for a marketplace. Does it have me? Why we're here? I point at Saint Markovia's Abbey. That's why we're here. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. I yeah. Uh, I don't think this village has a marketplace. I think it's just a series of cottages and then the abbey. That's yeah. fine. I'll get the, something the when we get back to festival land. The village operates as a commune with no exports or money-making businesses. Yep. Nah. Oh, it's Has a, no it's a commune. Oh. Well, we're gonna see some shit. <laughs> Epis. Connie is not quite punk enough to steal someone's clothes off a drying rack in a commune. Alright, so you all make your way up towards the abbey then. Yep. Looking like our next plan of action should be that way. Yep, we're looking for a Vastani. Mm -hmm. We're looking for a Lone Vastani. Alright, the village of Krasik. Alright, so you head up to the winding road. I think as I fit you guys in along the side. I think the switchback road that hugs the cliff is ten feet wide and covered with loose gravel and chunks of broken rock. The ascent is slow and somewhat treacherous, and the air grows colder as one nears the top. And you climb for about 400 feet before you reach the north gate of the abbey, which I'll go ahead and move you guys up to. Oh no, Valis and Connie <clears throat> have gone over the edge! <laughs> Ah! I just mo mostly Janelle's gonna stick near Connie just in case this guy decides to wriggle free and make a break for it. He's tied up and gagged still. Yeah, he can't even talk at this point. He starts caterpillaring oh. away. <laughs> the road from the village climbs above the mist to the wide ledge on which the abbey is perched. A light dusting of snow covers the trees and the rocky earth. A gravel road passes between two small stone outbuildings to either side of which stretches a five-foot-high, three-foot-thick wall of jumbled stones held together with mortar. Blocking the road are iron gates attached to the outbuildings by rusty hinges. They appear to be unlocked. Viewed through the gates, the stone abbey stands quiet. Its two wings are joined by a 15-foot-high curtain wall. A belfry protrudes from the rooftop to the, of the closer north wing, which also supports a chimney building with gray smoke. As you look towards the gatehouse, there are a pair of guards who appear to be on duty, but apparently are asleep. As you just see them kind of slumped in their in their seats, not paying any attention to the world around them. Is the gate are the bars on the gate like wide enough for me to stick my head through? 
theoretically, yeah, there's not quite not quite wide enough for you to fit through, but wide enough. For I you sort to of see. like grab onto the bars, stick my head through, and then in their direction. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> see if it wakes them up or not. Have wine. Well, they have wine. Didn't we bring wine with us for them? Oh no, no. We, I we, think we delivered the wine already. Yeah, that, that um, was So, after after a moment of stirring and uh, rousing, like a couple of <gasps> yip, yipping noises from the two people on the uh, on the gatehouse, and after a moment, uh, the pair of them approach the gate uh, with various tools and shovels in hand as they approach cautiously. Uh, the two of them are strange-looking individuals that seem to be some weird combination of human and some other type of animal. One of them has a face that almost seems to, like, shift partway into uh, a canine visage as his legs similarly seem to curve out into uh, dog legs and a tail kind of slowly oozed out behind The other one has almost reptilian features, perhaps, and some mixture thereof. Of William, we're losing, we're losing your audio now. Can you still hear me? Barely. Yeah. Jiggle the cable on your mic. Hello. That's better. Yep. Alright. As I was saying, and the the other one seems to have sort of semi-reptilian features on one side of his face, and then similarly canine ones across the other side as his arm and side of his face appear to be covered in fur. Well, hello, you two handsome people. How are you? Uh, the, the, the shorter of the two, who seems more dog-like, is almost like four foot nine inches tall and squats instead of standing upright. He looks almost like a beardless dwarf with patches of donkey flesh covering his face and body. He has one human ear and one wolf's ear and a protruding wolf snout and fangs. His arms and hands are human, but his legs and feet are leonine, and he has a donkey's tail. Uh, you Connie. come to the abbey... Yes, we do. Be you here for worship? To meet a friend. Not to worship. The other one sort of stands four foot seven and seems to be, actually seems to be a female. The left side of her face and body is covered with lizard scales and the right side with tufts of gray wolf fur. Between these tufts is pale human skin. One of her eyes is that of a feline, and her fingers and hands resemble cat's paws with opposable thumbs. She has a gruff voice and wears a gray cloak with black fur trim. Do you promise to cause no trouble while within the abbey? She says. Yes. I look at her. 
Then we will escort you to the courtyard. And you'll wait there while we fetch the abbot for you. That will be lovely, thank you. The two of them open the gate and kind of proceed to proceed to lead you in. To the druid that I am still carrying. You might fit in here. They're ugly too. Just very quietly. <laughs> We are led into the place. All right, yeah, you enter the courtyard. The thick fog that fills this courtyard swirls as if eager to escape. The courtyard is surrounded by a 15-foot-high curtain wall on which stand several guards with their backs to you, or so it seemed at first. It's clear now that these guards are merely scarecrows. Wooden doors to the north and east lead to the abbey's two wings. In the center of the courtyard is a stone well fitted with an iron winch, to which a rope and bucket are attached. Along the perimeter, tucked under the overhanging wall, are several stone sheds with padlocked wooden doors, as well as three shallow alcoves that contain wooden troughs. Two wooden posts pounded into the rocky earth have iron rings bolted to them, and chained to one of them is a short humanoid with bat wings and spider mandibles. The quiet is shattered by horrible screams coming from the sheds. That seems not fun, <clears throat> I say, looking at, at whatever shed that is. The abbot, the abbey is a home for those distressed in nature, Ziegfrek says, kind of, the, the female kind of indicating her face. What, what causes this? Such is the curse of this land. There are those afflicted. Is that why the people uh, down the hill do not let people inside very easily? She kind of gets this sort of, like, defensive look. The town folk do not wish to associate with us. Hmm. Well then, uh, where is your abbot? We will go and fetch them. Them? Them more uh, than one abbot. I, I mean, them could refer to a singular abbot, if they're just referring to as them. We'll find out when they get here. That works. Not right. getting too not getting too close to the sheds, but just the screeching, is it more of just a thing screech screeching and screaming and or screeching out in pain? Um so the thing chained to the post. The creature chained to the post flaps its leathery wings and takes to the air, but doesn't get far before its chains go taut. She flutters about madly, screaming nonsense. Hmm. Apparently the affliction does not only affect the body. I would imagine so. These people Man. seem to be cursed yeah. by something. You think it's a curse or a spell? 
I would imagine. Well, I mean, they are not dissimilar. Many curses are spells. So emerging, emerging from the from the abbey is a handsome young man in a brown monk's robe. Uh, he play, he he clutches in his hand a painted wooden holy symbol that depicts the sun, which hangs from a chain around his neck. He moves with the grace of a saint as he approaches. Greetings. I am the abbot of Saint Markova of Saint Markovia's Abbey. Hello, Abbot. Uh, I am Maria de Nizul. With me are my traveling companions, Connie Rose, uh, Jonel, Valus, and Zanin. Um, we are sent here by the vagaries of fate and fortune to find an ally of sorts. Uh, we were told that a lone Vistani would be waiting for us here, or would be here, whom we should meet. Ah, yes. Um, let me go and see if the woman is here. I will go and find her. Thank you. And he disappears for a second. As he's turning away, I'm casting det my Detect Good and Evil. Uh, let me see one second. As he goes away... I feel like aberrations will tick off very quickly. <laughs> That's the question. Uh, you actually sent a celestial. Hmm. Does this place feel desecrated or consecrated? Uh. Sorry. I mean, I, I'm almost certain it is one of the two. Um. William has to check the book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Jeremy's uh, benefit, uh, there's lots of hybrid people, some of whom are chained. Hold on just a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, the... Uh, it does not appear to be either sanctified okay. or... Uh, profaned, but you do you sense a celestial check and see if the mongrel folk qualify as aberrations or not. Sorry about that, fam. Uh, household internet checking thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no worries. Glad to see my internet's not the only one acting up. <laughs> it was it was as much as an acting up thing as a other thing. Yeah. Nope, they are they they are humanoid. Actually, so they not they do not read his aberrations, but the uh, the abbot the abbot reads a celestial. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm curious, but I'm also carrying a dude around, so I don't have I can't just try and badly self off right now. Uh, yeah, the abbot came out. We told him that we were here to find a Vastani lady. He said, oh, let me go see if she's still here, and then he walked back off. Oh, he... There's also sheds with enticing sounds of things screaming coming from them. There's also a, 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 a bat lady that is screaming, but it seems to be more like confused gibberish more than I'm in pain screaming. I mean, actively chained to a fence? 
So, um... i to be let free streaming. Yeah, probably. I want to be let go so I can hurt somebody streaming. I hope Yay. not. That's why she's chained, so she can't hurt anybody. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. is the optimistic. And you, you did notice um, as you pass through the, as as you as you like look at the central body of the abbot, uh, of the of the abbey, uh, there's um, there's a a set of wooden doors, and to the right of those doors, mounted mounted on the wall, is a, a tarnished copper plaque, uh, which bears the abbey's name, under which appear the words, "May her light cure all illness." Mm. Unlikely. Do you recognize the holy symbol that the abbot was wearing? Uh, it was a symbol of the morning lord. Yeah. And what is on the plaque at the abbey? St. Markovia's abbey. Uh, it's yeah, not Lathander, remember, we're not in... Yeah, Saint Mar Saint, the abbey of St. Markovia uh, may, her, may her light cure all illness. St. Markovia. Do we know who St. Markovia is? Or was? I... We could ask our local local encyclopedia NPC. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid um, as far as I know it might be um... No, I don't actually know. Wasn't off Mark the top of, of my head. Wasn't mm. Mark, uh, Mark was that not the name of the um... Am I just imagining it? I thought we heard a story about, or we read a story about uh, Strahd's uh, beloved, and her name was Markov or Markovia or something like that. Uh, you have, you still have the Tome of Strahd handout, I believe. I believe her name was not Markovia. It was like the Tome of Strahd handout just says. Uh, an ancient work pinned by Straw to try to tell how he came to his fallen state. It doesn't actually. I believe it was like Tatiana or something like that. Oh, yeah, well, Tatiana was her name. Uh, well, we could ask. Uh, well, ask the abbot when he returns. Yeah. And a short while later, um, the abbot does indeed uh, return with. Let me go find. Her token. Esmeralda. Is her name is Esmeralda? Yes, because this is Strahd, which is a play on the universal horror films where everything is archetypal. Oh. Destroy Esmeralda. I'll let her taste them. So Thus, the. Uh, the Thus, abbot returns. One of the key Vistani is the prototypical Romani. So yeah, legend. the uh, the the uh, the abbot returns with a woman uh, dressed in long, flowing red coat with uh, gold trim. A red uh, band keeps her hair tied back from her face. 
uh, with numerous charms and symbols dangling from it, uh, with a long blade and an axe uh, positioned across her belt, uh, and what appears to be a metal contraption in the place of the lower of the lower part of her right leg as she approaches with an air of uh, of observance and caution around as she looks across the group. Hello. Greetings. I am told that you wish to speak with me. My name is Esmeralda Davenier. Hello. Uh, we have been sent here uh, by... What's her name? What was the name of the um, the old lady? The Mastani um, woman who... Yeah, the, the, the fortune teller? Yeah. Um, that would be... Uh, what was the fortune reader? Uh, Barovia. She had a. It's a lot of. There's a lot of NPCs in this in this thing. She had a campsite, if that helps. Yeah. Uh, let me go check the Barovia map because I know her name is on the campsite. Uh, it was like um. Uh, madam. The thing Zara... that's coming to mind for me is Mother Kelson, but that's Madam not... Ava. Madam Ava. Because of because of John, all I could think of was Madam Zardoz. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we were sent here by Madam Ava, uh, whose fortune tellings uh, informed us that we would find an ally. In our uh, fight against the the demon Strahd in uh, you. That said, some of us take what Madame Ava said with a grain of salt. <sighs> well, if anyone was going to aid you in the fight against Strahd, she kind of pulls her jacket open a little bit and you can see a, a bandolier with several vials of holy water and wooden stakes across it. She's got a vampire hunter's kit under her coat. There's Never not exactly anyone what around. I said. There's not exactly anyone around who is more well equipped. So she's a combination Esmeralda, Van Helsing, and Cherry Darling? I mean... She has a rapier, a hand axe, three vi six vials of holy water, three wooden stakes, and is a spellcaster. And has a gun yeah. and has a prosthetic leg. Yeah, I have a prosthetic right leg. Valis is in love. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. I am Maria. I go through the introductions again. <laughs> I reach over and I close Valis's mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not that obvious. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, this is like... You rolled, you rolled the best character to be your ally against Rod, by the way. She's a CR8 character. She's stronger than we are. <laughs> Uh, well then, it will please you to know that uh, the rest of Madame Avis, and I will tell her the rest of Madame Avis fortune telling. Mm. Then it sounds like the tools you wish to find are within the castle. 
Do you happen to have it is, any... it is a dangerous place to go, especially if you wish to avoid the eyes of the vampire. Well, first we have business to conclude in Velaki, but after that, our only places left to go are uh, the castle. That we know. But yes. Because the sooner we handle that, the better. Hmm. All right. Um, very well. Then, my great vampire hunt joins with yours. Excellent. It'll be a glorious series of us killing vampires. We've already killed several. <laughs> I will recount the tale of us stumbling into and then murdering the fuck out of a den of vampire spawn. <laughs> Does she look impressed? No. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. She probably looks, wow, you got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of a... She seems, to, she seems to analyze your, your, your encounter and is like, yeah, no, that could have gone way better. Oh, you killed some spawn. That's so precious. <laughs> right, well then. With newfound ally in tow and uh, companion uh, discovered, uh, is there anything else we have left to do here? Uh, yes, uh, and I am glad to join you. I am, again, I am Esmeralda Davenier, protege of the great vampire hunter Rudolf Van Richten. Is Rudolph around? Yeah. Rudolph, uh, my mentor and I parted ways some time ago. I have not seen him in some time. Yeah, I'm sure you've been studying the 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 count. Do you know of any ways into his into his castle that? Preferably not alert him that we're doing so. Mm. The vampire Strahd's eyes are scattered across the entirety of the of his kingdom, shall we say. Uh, you are actually just as likely to be able to walk in the front door without being noticed as you are to find a secret entrance without being noticed, but that chance is still not good. But you're saying there's a chance. There is. But it is best to approach the castle expecting danger. And I would assume at daylight, when there's plenty of light before night. And when the vampire sleeps, as best he can, yes. Right, well. I look at the other three, our other four, and it's like, is there anything else we need to do here before we go back to Valaki? <laughs> Anything else that we want to do here before we go back to Velaki? I don't think so. Well, yeah, if, no, we're good. If you wish to return to Velaki, I will follow you. Working <sighs> off here. Um, uh, that? Connie. I, I, I think she was asking if we wanted to drop our druid off here. Hmm. Uh, no. Or do you want to keep carrying him? 
I don't think this is... Er, fuck. <clears throat> kind of, no. <laughs> kind of just shakes <laughs> Yeah. Flips some pages. No. We will, uh, I, perhaps it would be best to leave our druid friend in the capable hands of our uh, uh, feather brothers. They might be able to cure what ails him. Possibly. Elden, Tuvalaki! Alright. So you, uh, you make your way out of Kresik as quickly as you came, trying not to get too much attention from the various mongrel folk of the Abbey. Nope. Uh, and you make your way back into Barovia proper. Let's go find some vampires so that our NPC can demonstrate how outclassed we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's the person becomes like hugely powerful move and everything, but once she joins the party, she can never do that again. Yeah. Before joining the party, I could take on vampires single-handedly. After joining the party, my power level got cranked down, so it would be less. So it wouldn't be less interesting. <laughs> I mean, she's still a CR8 character. <laughs> um, um, but I would like everyone to go ahead and roll me some. Uh, you're not you're not using the wagon, so it's a little bit faster going because the wagon had to move at the at the pace to carry wine. Um, I would like. Let's see. Going back to Velaki, and you'll be traveling. Time. I would like three rolls of ADP. Got, Got it. I'll get the well. third. Ten. Come on, Jeremy. No. Five. <laughs> ten, ten, five. So, uh, as you cross the bridge over Lake Baratok. Uh, the mist begins to roll in heavily and begins to cut vision down to almost nothing as you begin to pass through. Is this where we go from Barovia to Barovia to... Barovia. As you... As you find your vision being cut down, you can barely see the road in front of you. But... It is still there, and in the darkness and the mist, the sound of howls fills the air, and the sound of whispering from the mist as it becomes decidedly more ominous as you continue to travel across the road. I light up my light cantrip. Little bit more on alert. Just I hand the woods. I hand the iron lantern to uh, to um. I can never remember his name. Ismark. Ismark. I hand the iron lantern to Ismark so that he has a lantern on him. And he sort of lights it up and keeps it at his side. Uh, this mist does not, well, this does not speak well, he says. I mean, the last time we encountered mist like this, we ended up here in Barovia, so... 
Yes. Funny thing about that, a oh. voice says. Hello, Strad. How are you doing? Familiar. I was wondering when next we would see you. Hand axe out. Out of out of the mist forming out of the tree line, you see the familiar shape of Strad von Zadovich, and flanked at his side are three pale figures of blood-red eyes and tattered clothing, claws drawn out to their sides. It is good to see you, my friends. It's been a long time since we're over here. Indeed it has. I think now it is time to play a game. Do not agree. I'm throwing my axe at his head. Go ahead and make <laughs> oh, me too make much. Me attack. Jonel kind of at the back of the group slowly slips off to stealth into the mist. Oh. <laughs> the fight will uh, put down the being druid. pretty quick. 19. That actually hits. <laughs> I don't care if I do no damage to him. I smacked him in the face mid monologue with an axe. <laughs> a not magical hand axe, but a hand axe nonetheless. Six slashing damage. Could be three because it's not magical. Yeah. <laughs> and so the the axe digs in the axe <laughs> digs into his shoulder as he's speaking, and he just he doesn't even flinch as it digs in. Ah, well, I see pleasantries are being put aside. As he pulls the axe out, you see the wound just immediately seal up as if it had never been inflicted. Then let battle be joined. I see we're fighting. And Hulk we're gonna Hogan. roll some initiative. You're gonna roll some initiative. No selling, motherfucker. I'm <laughs> gonna uh, yep. roll my stealth roll. Just because sure. wood elf, yeah, I can disappear in mid. I can, I can, I can stealth. Yeah, you are, you are a wood elf. You can stealth in mist. I rolled a seven point sixteen. And I rolled really crappy, but eh. <laughs> not hiding that well. Go, Connie, go! Nah. Yep. Connie rolled a natural 20 and Esmeralda is still going first. <laughs> hey, I have a plus one to my initiative. Most people would go before me with a high roll. Alright. Uh, <clears throat> so, Sam, if you would click on your character on Zanine and then go to your character sheet and click the button that says initiative. The word initiative. Yeah, the word initiative. Investigation. It's at the top. Uh, it's, it's, it's at the very center, top. Of your it's dead center, center on the sheet, right up at the top, above your hit points. Click on what? The word initiative. The word initiative. And click on your click on your model on your token while you're rolling it. Well then. Oh. Hang on. I need to add you to the turn tracker. Twenty two. Esmeralda has the higher modifier. Uh Zanine has a fourteen. So is anyone else a little worried that two of us got natural twenties on initiative? I and rolled a four. Second. So no. <laughs> 
Yeah, es Esmeralda got a 22 without a natural 20, which means that her modifier is higher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Esmeralda's going first of the initiative order. Um, and as Esmeralda just with her with her rapier in her in her main hand just reaches into her into her coat and pulls out a small iron implement and kind of points it forward as she pulls something back on it and pulls the trigger and there is a burst of smoke and noise as a pistol Ow. fires into one of the vampire spawn. Wow. Uh, they gave her a pistol. That's not fair. I mean, she's the vampire hunter of the group. Uh, she needs to roll... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> One of the vampire hunters. Sure, the more. I thought you hunted all of the undead yeah, things, not just vampires. That is true. I don't restrict myself. <sighs> You're not a specialist. Yeah. I'm not... I am not committing to You're an equal type of... You're an equal opportunity undead killer. You're a jack-of-all-trades hunter. She's a specialist. I prefer to... I, I, I prefer to refer to myself as poly-undead murderess. <laughs> <laughs> and she will then close the distance uh, after the pistol... Uh, fires and strike with her rapier. <laughs> Deals only about s the the pistol is unfortunately not magical, so uh, but she will attack with the rapier, dealing six piercing damage that is magical. So that and then did the pistol because fire? yeah, it did. It just I I had to roll it privately because okay. I needed I needed to organize it because it was broken on her character sheet. Because uh -huh. firearms are an optional rule for Curse of Strahd that some that characters may or may not have depending on the DM. And I was like, yes, the vampire hunters with the option for guns have guns. <laughs> Makes sense. Um. And then, since she is the enemy of Strahd, and you are fighting Strahd, uh, she uses her bonus action. Valis, time to show these people who you are. And you get a d10 inspiration die. Sweet. She's a bard. No, she's just the enemy of Strahd. The enemy of oh. Strahd gets to inspire using the bonus action. Ah. She's, she's, a, she's something else with bard-like abilities. That will be incredibly useful for my guiding bolt that's coming up. Uh, which brings it to Zanin. It's your turn. Um, what else? All I have is longsword. I gotta get closer. You can do that. I guess I'm going to go... You can go to any of them. You can get to any of them, basically. Get to any of them? Yeah. All right. Let me go get this other guy over here to the left. Right here. And go ahead and attack with your longsword. Yeah. Uh, where's my sword? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Click on the longsword. <clears throat> Sorry. And where do I find out what I did? Uh, 
both of those. Those are your two attacks. Um, only the second one will hit. So just click on the word longsword for the second for the second attack. Okay. In the, the chat. word. No, uh, in the in the chat in the chat box. Oh, sorry. No worries. You got it. Uh, which will deal. Uh, 13 points of slashing damage, except I believe the vampire spawn still has resistance. Vampire spawn. Uh, yes, resistance to slashing from non magic. It takes, uh, seven. <clears throat> Ow. Uh, which brings us to, uh, Connie. What are you up to? Alright, so I'm gonna run up and gives Zanine some backup. Rage, because I, I feel like this is a good time to use that. Mm-hmm. And great sword attack on the vampire spawn. That's a hit. Roll damage. Cool. And I also get divine fury damage on that, so that's some radiant damage on top of 14 Ow. slashing. So Vampire Spawn takes 7 Radiant and 7 Slashing, so that's mm -hmm. another 14 damage. Yeah. And it does not get to regenerate because it just took Radiant damage. Cool. I Still up, I assume. Yes. Great sword again. <laughs> that hits. Roll damage mm -hmm. again. 13. <laughs> yeah. 7. <laughs> I did a bit you of radiant guys, damage. I feel like that counts for something. You guys have been doing lucky number sevens a lot right now. <laughs> uh, is her radiant damage going to hurt me? Do I need to move away? Uh, no. No, I'm... Valis has some other stuff, but Connie's is just... When her sword strikes the first time, it lights okay. up with some radiant energy. You can't move away anyways, because it's not your turn. It is my turn. No, you're fine. No, Valis yeah. uh, is fully nuke that hurts the allies as well. Jonel. Oh boy. Yeah. Sunbeams. Yeah. Uh I am going to sunbolt this guy on the end. Actually I'm gonna Yeah. We need to, we need to uh, spread so the radiant love. Yes, uh first I'm gonna do well, first I'm going to do my two shots on this guy here. First one, 25. I'm hoping that will hit. <laughs> uh, yes. 10 points of Radiant. Second shot, 21. That will also hit. For another 10. And I'm going to spend a key point to throw two bolts at this guy over here. All right. 14. That would miss. That would miss. And a 24. That will hit. 11 points of damage. <clears throat> and at the end of your turn, unless you're moving anywhere. Um, no, I'm going to stay here. All right. At the, at the end of your turn, uh, Strahd will use his legendary action. Right. Of course, of course he has them. <laughs> oh, well, I suppose... The time for games has begun. As he kind of stands and watches this assault <laughs> rain down on all of his uh, on all of his uh, spawn, 
and then just in a blur of motion strides up to Valis. Good. I was hoping that I was going to get a shot at the champ. And then Strahd gets his turn. And he is going to He is going to use his own strike. So, so he's going to what? He's going to use his unarmed strike. Okay. Uh, so a seventeen. Uh, just hit. All right. So yeah, he he is going to choose to grapple you instead of dealing damage. He is. And ah, uh, I've never tasted angel blood before. You uh, won't be now. And then he's going to roll a 20 to hit you. He hits. Which deals 10 points of piercing damage and 5 points of necrotic damage and reduces okay. your maximum hit points by 5. Yep. As he tastes angel blood. No, he doesn't. He tastes ASMR. Difference between that and angel blood. Half angel blood. Celestial infused blood, shall we say. <laughs> a few driblets of angel blood mixed in with a whole bunch of mortal blood. <laughs> enough to enough to cause radiant light to burn out from your body. So half, yeah. half celestials are a thing and are not a playable race for a reason. Yeah, no. Detect good and evil no longer detects your her ASMR and tiefling companions in 5e. Yep. Uh, so Vampire Spawn is going to... One of them's going to go for Jonelle. Because <laughs> Jonelle fired Radiant Sunbirds at them. Uh, and the one that is between Connie and Zanine is going to attack Connie because Connie's hitting them with Radiant, da with radiant Damage. Oh. Uh, it's going to be a 14 Oh, wait, 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 wait. What kind of damage was that? Uh, necrotic. Oh, good. Piercing, I only uh, took two. Oh, yeah. So your max hit points is only reduced by two as well. It was ten piercing and five necrotic, so two necrotic. Uh, does a 14 hit you, Connie? A uh, 14 will miss. I have an AC this game. It's really <laughs> weird. Uh, the second attack is a 17. Uh, the 17 just hits. Alright, so they will deal 9 points of slashing damage to you, have to 4. Cool. Uh, and then other vampire spawns going to attack Esmeralda. With a natural 1 misses. Uh, with a 24 hits, though, for 10 slashing damage. And the third one attacks Janelle. 18 to hit. Just hits. Is going to grapple you instead of dealing damage and is going to go for the bite, which will be a 14, which misses. Nice. 
and brings it to Ismark. I think with Chanel, it's Mark. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do that. So it's Mark is going to step over here and use his long sword in two hands. 17 hits for seven points of slashing damage, which is going to be halved to three. And then again, 17 hits for eight points of slashing damage, halved to four. And Maria. Well, I'm going to come over here to the other side of Strahd. <laughs> so that I'm giving Valus flanking. I'm grappled. Yes. And also, I was going to have flanking anyways. You're taking flanking away from something I was going to do. <laughs> I mean, the spiritual weapon can still sit in Maria's space. Yeah, it can float above me. Um... It is, you know, it's not very nice to ignore a lady when you're talk, whom you are talking to. I will say, as I bury my great, as I as I use my uh, bonus action to curse him with my hexblade's curse, um, and I'm going to attack him with my great sword. Advantage. Uh, yeah, can't do that. Do do do. Blade. Does a 21 hit him? Yes, it does. For 17 slashing. Alright. Which is magical because it's my sword. It. <laughs> which is currently in the shape of an Odachi. So you, uh, you strike across with that 17 points of slashing damage. Um, and... The uh, the damage as the greatsword slashes across, it cuts a swath through his through his shoulder, and his and his shoulder actually dislocates from his torso, and then just kind of <laughs> latches back on back into position as he looks over his shoulder at you. Oh, I'm sorry. Please allow me to make amends. And he's going to use his legendary action to make an unarmed strike against you. going to be a 26 to hit. Yeah, that hits. We'll deal 9 points of bludgeoning damage and 10 necrotic. Ow. Vampires, yo. Yep. Vampires, yo. Name the vampires. Yep. It's your turn. So, for my action, I am turning on Radiant Consumption. All right. Um, and for my bonus action, big old great sword appears directly above his head and starts stabbing downwards. All right. Go ahead and roll an attack with spiritual weapon. Yep. Let me get, let me get the token for you. And positioned, of course, so it's fine. Um. Yeah. Rolled by Jeremy. I will inspiration that if I need to. Uh, that will actually just hit. Perfect. 
So that will be. Uh, oh, god damn it. So that will be 10 force damage plus um, 5 radiant damage. All right. And then at the end of my turn, <clears throat> yeah, I, Strahd, and Maria take two points of radiant damage. I'm at 12 hit points. <laughs> so... As as the as the spiritual blade impales Strahd through the torso and then retreats, leaving a massive hole, and as the radiant energy burns away at his flesh, it all seems to restore roughly at the same rate as it is being dealt. Even even his flesh that burns away again in the radiant light just reforms immediately. This means there's more for me to stab. I believe it actually means he's well, then, this is quite the impressive array you have against us. And he's going to use his two remaining legendary actions to bite down on Valis. Okay. Uh, you do that. This is why we need the sword, because the sword's the only thing that can damage him. Uh, that will be a 17 to hit. That it just hits. That's going to be five points of piercing damage and 14 points of necrotic damage. Seven points of necrotic damage. Yep. Hello, are you? I'm fine. Are you still in the See, double digit? I often play the healer. So his, you saying that is not reassuring. His his health his health fun. bar percentage is the same as my health bar percentage, and my health bar is twelve out of thirty three. So mine could actually be higher. Actually, let's do there. That's what it actually is. That's what it actually looks like right now. Now, okay. if I include the one, because because my maximum hit points have been lowered. <laughs> Not because I have more hit points than I than than I appear to. <clears throat> um, so uh, Esmeralda's turn comes up, and as she's dueling with this vampire spawn, she looks over her shoulder. That's not normal. Something is something is sustaining him beyond his normal powers, and she drives her rapier into the vampire spawn in front of her. Mm, we have noticed. I'm pretty certain there's a sword we have to capture, we have to acquire. That's <sighs> uh, a 10 is unfortunately going to miss. Uh, but a. Now, so is a 12 as well, as this vampire and her are basically dueling back and forth. Uh, and she's going to. Maria, you need to make it out of this. And she's going to give you an inspiration as well. <laughs> uh, and that brings it to Zanine. It's your turn. Uh, is this guy down on hit points at all? Uh, this one, yes. Okay, I'm going to attack him again. If you step uh. up and around, you can flank with Connie and get advantage on your attack. Okay. Yeah, so Here? You can move over yep. there. Yeah, right there. Okay. And right. so get, go ahead and click the advantage toggle before you make your longsword attacks. 
advantage. Okay. It's up above your hit points. I got it already. Alright. And then we'll hit this one. Uh, no, uh, no, go back on the character sheet, not in the chat. Because that was okay. just the damage button. Okay. Character sheet oh. to make the attack, chat to make the damage. Okay, uh, initiative, right? No, or... down below. Longsword. Longsword, okay. Got it. Alright. 22 hits, go ahead and click the longsword in chat. Got it. Eight points of slashing damage. And go ahead and hit it again. Okay. Lord. 24 hits again. Roll damage. Okay. 10 points of slashing damage. Perfect. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to do on your turn? Connie, you're up. How low does the one on us look? Uh, it's almost half of its health is gone. Uh, okay, so glancing over, is Trod still grappling, Valus? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to look around for anything that might be sustaining his powers beyond his normal powerfulness. Go ahead and roll your perception check. Seven. You don't see anything that seems to be particularly feeding into Strahd. He just seems to be <clears throat> supernaturally, even for a vampire, restoring himself from damage. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got two guesses. One's the spawn he's got around him, so... Three guesses. One's the spawn he's got around him, so we're gonna take care of that. Um... No, no. The two squishies went to fight the end boss of the game. So we're going to actually look to Zanine, take care of this one, and fold over here. I was going to make an attack of opportunity against you. That's fine. going to be a 21 to hit. That'll hit. And it's actually going to grapple you instead of dealing damage, so it stops you from getting away oh, from it. You. Okay, so I guess I'm making my attacks now. I have a healer to get to, you stupid thing. Twelve. Are you, are you going to attack recklessly? No, I don't need to, actually, because I'm flanking. Sorry. So that's second attack of the advantage Nine. Still so. be a twelve. Um, Still misses. Second attack. Twenty-four hits though. Fourteen points of slashing damage. Fourteen slashing and some amount of radiant. Seven more. Seven. You guys have been doing a lot of sevens. Yep. Because like you get fourteen resisted to seven, and then you do seven with radiant. Yeah. Okay. So I smash this vampire spawn a few more times, and he does take radiant damage if that matters. Yep. That does matter for regeneration. Cool. <clears throat> Janelle, what you got? Well, since he's holding on to me, and definitely is Marcus flanking, so basically 
Juno holds both of his hands up. They glow with radiant light and basically smack. <laughs> <laughs> Sunbolts to the face. Sunbolts are Sunbolts are a ranged attack, so you but, would have disadvantage. Yes. But because but, this mark uh, is flanking. flanking, it's just a regular attack. Yes. Thirteen. I'm gonna miss. He right. Barely misses. He has a crossbow mastery feat. 20, 21 20, hits though. Eleven, 11 points, points of damage. damage. And if that didn't work, I'm going to spend another key point to smack him a couple times again. All right. 21 hits. 21 for 10. Wow, I've been rolling a lot of fives and sixes for damage. And a natural one. <laughs> the last one The last one gets thrown aside as, as the vampire tries to go in to bite you again, and you have to throw your aim off to try and knock it aside. But you have been gut punching it with radiant energy really well. I've been rolling a lot of fives and sixes for damage, which is kind of cool. Strahd's turn. And I'm grappled, so I'm not moving anywhere. It is. It is. It's okay. Turn. I'm working on my next character now. I'm a little more worried about Maria, if I'm perfectly honest. I've also got D&D Beyond open. <laughs> level five. <laughs> so, uh... The Cob Goblin Paladin. Goblin Paladin. Let's see. Goblin. Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin Paladin. Ooh. I've got an idea Ooh, for a gnomish that wizard. That sound... This looks fun. This is this is fun thing. I think I might go with a sorcerer this time. Well, <laughs> you know, it's never a good sign when the GM playing the end boss goes, "Oh, that looks fun." Uh, so uh, there's a there's a suffusion of mist that drops off of Strahd's body as something changes about him. You know what? I think it's time for the games here to end temporarily. Let us see how you do with this. And he brings his hand up as a small bead of flame forms on the tip of his finger. And he just points down, and it drops to the ground at his feet, and pfft, a fireball goes off in his square. I need both Maria and Valis to make a dexterity saving throw. That is certainly a thing that he can do. Um, five! <laughs> Valis. 13. 13. Oh, dear. Is it uh, standard fireball radius, or is it... It's 20. Yeah, it's a 20-foot radius. Okay. So you're just outside of it. Ismark is also just outside of it. It's just Maria and Valis. Yep. Bye! Uh, his DC is 18, so both of you are going to take 26 points of fire damage. I am fucking out. Is Maria all the way past dead? No, no. It would have had okay. to have done... I just... just Quite a bit dead. more. Because warlocks don't tend to have that many hit points. It would have had to have done 45 points of damage to kill me outright. Okay. I'm just... And then... Valis is also out. Uh, that that flame damage, however, does after after whatever happened, 
Uh, Straw does look scorched, and he just kind of shaking off some of the the ashes and oh, dust off oh, his wait, frame. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I made the save. I had inspiration. Oh, yeah, you only take uh, you take thirteen. I'm. Have uh, I am still standing, motherfucker. I had it, but even a ten wouldn't have saved me, so I didn't use mine. Can you use? Wait, no, that's a bonus action for you, huh? I can once it gets to my turn. Yes. Fair enough. So yeah, he uh, he kind of he kind of shakes some of the ash and dust off of off of his coat, and just well, this has been fun. I think I'll leave you to play with my friends. And he kind of turns and starts to walk away. Uh, he walks away. I use Warcaster for my opportunity attack. <laughs> to drop. Let's go with... Yeah, since essentially he walks away, that that means that a, that a missile attack is no longer at disadvantage. This is true. Let's drop a level three guiding bolt into his ass. Go for it. He may escape. He may just, he may walk away, but he's not going to walk away with his casual doo-dee-doo-dee-doo-dee-doo. Unless you miss and hit Connie. <laughs> In which case, Valis will feel not that bad. Um, yeah. Nineteen. Nineteen hits. So take 21 radiant damage. He does. And he is glowing as he saunters casually away. So the, as, as he starts to walk away, the radiant blast smashes into the back of his shoulder and he like lurches oh. forward for a second. Oh, wait. Plus an additional, because I still have radiant consumption up, plus an additional five. So a total of 26 radiant damage. Yep. It blasts, it blasts into his shoulder and he lurches forward for a second and straightens up. Mm, racing, he says, uh, as he straightens himself out and continues to walk away. I'm just glad that I ruined his fucking... Um, ruined it, ruined his, his, his walk exit. away from the explosion without looking. It's hard to look pompous when you're covered in glitter. <laughs> yes! You have never been to a drag show. That is true. Or backstage at or backstage at a of a theater production. <laughs> you know the thing I just said. A drag show is not a theatrical production. I mean it is, but a theatrical production is not automatically a drag show. <laughs> this is fair. I'm gonna uh, say I Vampire spawns turns. Um, gonna use claws on Esmeralda with 21 that hits and will they'll grapple instead of dealing damage and they'll try and bite. Missing with a 16 though. Uh, other vampire spawn is gonna keep trying to go at Connie now that they've got teeth on. First they're gonna go for the bite, which hits for 24. <clears throat> yeah. Wait, four 24 damage or? No, it hits with 24. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which will deal six points of piercing damage and seven points of necrotic damage. The piercing is halved to three. And you lose seven max hit points. Yeah. 
and then they're going to go for the claw, which is misses with an eight. Cool. And then the one that's on Janelle is going to try and bite Janelle with a 13, which misses. Yes. And they're going to go for the claw with a 13 that misses. Uh, at the end of at the end of the vampire spawns turn, Strahd is going to use a legendary action and move thirty feet without provoking attack as opportunity, and just boop, to the end of the map. Ismark's turn. Ismark is going to keep trying to stab this vampire spawn. It's a natural. Well, it wasn't a natural one, but the two still misses because it was. <laughs> 17 hits, though, for 5 slashing. Have the 2. And at the end of its mark turn, Strahd's going to use another legendary action and disappear off the map. My turn. Fine. That fucking <laughs> troll. Hey, I saved. You did. Valis, you're still alive. Yes, I am. Um, I am Sparrow the Dying. Okay. Bonus action. You're longer. You're stabilized, Maria. Um, and which group seems to be in the worst straits at the moment? Of uh, the vampires or of the. Uh, the most injured vampire is definitely the one that Zanine and Connie which, what, have which, which group needs the most help? Me? Uh, not us. Yeah, that's a figure. Probably not you. Uh, it hasn't I mean, actually from, been able to hurt me yet. Aside from... Mar the one that has taken the least damage is the one that Esmeralda is fighting, but also it hasn't hurt Esmeralda that much. Meanwhile, eh. Janelle's taking a bit of a hit. No, it's only grappled me. It's no, never no, right. actually it's hurt me. It hasn't actually killed damage. <laughs> I like how, rather than healing Maria and then sending the sword off somewhere, you used your bonus action to spare the dying on Maria, and then use your action to send the sword off somewhere, <sighs> thus keeping first. us down a person that could do more damage. You kill <laughs> first, then you heal. Valus is so stupid. Valus has a very particular set of priorities. Um, yep, let's go ahead and... Yeah, let's guiding bolt the one that 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 that's grabbed you now. Um, this is where I roll a natural one. Nope. Twenty radiant damage. Boom. Ow. As the vampire is blasted from the side with a bolt of radiant energy, it screeches in pain and then is and then is outlined with a radiant glow. Brings us to Esmeralda. Who uh 
uh, looks over to Valus. Valus, strike this one, she says, as she gives you an inspiration with her bonus action. Okay. And uses her action to, she sort of extends her hand, and this uh, purplish blue seal forms up, forms in front of it. The vampire needs to make a wisdom saving throw. It fails as it gains vulnerability to radiant damage. And that is her action. Zanine, it's your turn. Okay. How many points does this guy have left? Uh, not many. You've been hitting it hard. Push him out, then. Go ahead and roll your attack. Uh, you have to roll the attack roll on your character sheet. Yeah. Yep. The initiative or the longsword? Longsword. Longsword. Okay. Got it. 25 hits. Roll damage. This one. That's nine points of damage, half to four. And go ahead and attack again. All right. 21 hits, roll damage. Five points, half to two. All right. This vampire is not looking great. Uh, Connie, it's your turn. Cool. Um, not looking great. Let's just... I had a different idea, but... I'm just gonna smash. Sixteen hits. Roll damage. And... Five radiant. Ow. Alright, it's still standing, but barely. Natural 20, okay, roll damage. I think that might kill it. 19 halved to 9, which will definitely put it over the edge as it dies. Chop off a head. Yay! Uh, Jonelle. And then uh, you're you're in your action. You're no longer restrained. You can move. Yeah. Yeah. To just flop over here and end up giving our hunter advantage. All right. Jonelle, you're up. <clears throat> okay. Oh, uh, now this is. Valus, did you turn off your radiant consumption? I move five feet back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, sunbolt to the face. All right. Roll me attack. Natural. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Oh, God. Okay, so it's only 16. It doesn't quite kill it. 16. I get a second attack. You do. 19 hits. Roll damage. 
It's still standing, but barely. Still, it's still standing? Yep. Ah, oh, man, okay. Well, guess I will spend a third key point. And... Radiant control damage. Seven more. Still Seven. barely oh. holding on. God. It's roll damage. There it goes. As the last radius crashes public. into it, it turns into ash. Like, finally let go of me. Uh, the last remaining vampire spawn is going to try and bite down on Esmeralda. The 14 misses, and a 12 misses with a claw. This mark. Here, an attack. Trying to leave space for Valus. Nine misses. Fifteen hits, though. Five slashing. Maria, you're, no, you're stabilized. I'm unconscious. Valus. All right. Um... A second, I have to. Okay, that's far enough for now. Um, so yeah, at this point, especially since it's surrounded. It'll move up to ah oh, there there works. Yep, flank with uh, ace mark. A natural twenty. And hold on, you check and see this when you deal when you deal with ace. Okay, yeah, that so. So that is 11, 16, 11 force damage, and five radiant damage. Uh, the radiant damage. The radiant damage is doubled. Uh shouldn't be. It's a straight no, because bonus. As Esmeralda cursed it and gave it vulnerability to radiant damage. Ah, okay. No, that'll do it. That'll definitely do it. Um... And yeah, we'll go ahead and. And I can't use my. I, I can't really use my favorite healing spell, so I'll just use cure wounds instead. Gonna shift forward ten feet, heal Maria. Shift back ten feet. Pretty much. And then take. A I mean, I feel like. I feel like once uh, once you're healed, if you don't get out of if you don't get out of my space, except that I can't it's at the move end of my turn. until it's at the end of my turn. <laughs> well, let's see how much I heal you for first. You've got eighteen hit points. You can take two. You have sixteen hit points. Personal space. Valus, you to also take one because you have resistance to radiant. Yep. So you wake up and then feel burning. 
I felt burning before I fell asleep, so it's not that different. So, Esmeralda is going to, now that she's got flanking, is going to stab with the rapier. <clears throat> 20 for 10 points of piercing damage that is not resisted because it is a magic rapier. And now that it's vulnerable, she's going to throw her one of her vials of holy water at it, which she excuse me. I need to roll one d twenty plus seven because she does not have that on her attack list. Fifteen just hits. Uh, and a uh, vial <clears throat> of blue water splashes 2d6 radiant damage, I believe. Uh, 1d6, I think. Yeah. Holy water. Uh, hold on. I think I actually have 2d6 radiant damage. 2d6, yeah, yeah 2d6 oh. radiant damage. Uh, 4d6 because it's got vulnerability. Oh no, it actually has doubled the damage, it doesn't yep. roll extra dice. Yep. 14 points of radiant damage. As she as she basically slams this vial of holy water across its face, and it sparks with flame with with holy energy, and it and it rears back in pain. Zanine, there's only one vampire left. <clears throat> okay, how bad is he? It's looking pretty bad. Gonna move. One, five, six, one, and swing at him with my long sword. All right, go ahead and roll the attack. Seventeen hits, roll damage. Okay. Four points of slashing damage, half to two. Roll again. Natural one, unfortunately, misses as you swing again. Uh, Connie, you're up. Uh, All right. Well, we've got one vampire spawn left, so smack, smash. Roll damage. I don't think it's going to survive this one. And some radiant to top it off. Some radiant for flavor. How do you want to do this? Just gonna bisect it down the middle. There's like bringing the blade back around you and sweeping upward, digging up through the bottom of this vampire and up out the top as this radiant arc trails behind the great sword. The, the vampire has this sort of this this anime moment of the the scream as the line of light bisects its face <laughs> and then it splits into two halves that proceed to dissolve into ash. And then as the as the curse ends because the vampire is no longer there, uh, uh, Esmeralda's curse ends and she takes. 3d6 points of psychic damage. 
I clamber away from Valus, who's still radiating hope, uh, radiant damage. At this point, once the fight's done with, it it fades away. And so, as as the vampire turns to ash, that same purple blue rune that had oh. appeared in front of her palm when she when she cursed the vampire appears in front of her forehead, and she just kind of clutches her head. Ah! Kind of shakes her head. <sighs> Has this fog dissipated at all? Yeah, it's sort of left with Strahd, and you're left standing in the middle of the forest. That sucked, I say from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and as, oh. as you stand from this battle amongst the three piles of ash that Strahd had brought with him that were formerly Vampire Spawn, that is where we will end for the week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Goodbye.